I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Wednesday. It is great to be with you, and I think that the next two days are going to be the most jam-packed episodes we've ever done, ever. I mean, we're we're approaching, is it the 500 episode mark? Let me check here. I know we're in the fours. And I, I think we are so loaded over the next two days. I, I honestly, I had to look and see where I was going to fit everything. This is episode 460, and we are packed today. Uh, this is the only Daily Bengals podcast out there, and it is great to be with you. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and uh, LockedOnBengals.com is where every single episode is posted um, also on Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked On Bengals. Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons. I caught up with him last night for a Locked On crossover. You're going to hear that coming up in just a few minutes on today's show. Dave Lapham on tomorrow's show. Jordan Willis on tomorrow's show. New Bengal Adolphus Washington on tomorrow's show. Like I said, we're packed. And here's the thing. I said all that stuff, and... I still have Andy Dalton on John Ross. I have Marvin Lewis on A.J. Green and John Ross. I just got back from the Bengals locker room, plus Aaron Freeman today with some information on the Falcons. So we are loaded, 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 loaded today. And you've heard my opinion on John Ross. You've heard it multiple times. Um, it, it's very simple. It's not It's not hard to, to see that he's struggling, that things aren't going right for John Ross right now, especially on Sunday. Again, I think it's more Sunday than anything. We weren't saying that after Indy, right? We weren't worried about him after Indy. Against Baltimore, it was like, uh, uh-oh, they're not going downfield. And then week three, it was kind of a dud when they needed him. I get it. Totally understand it. Dave Lapham on that tomorrow. But today, Andy Dalton was asked if he trusts uh, trust John Ross. Here is the question, the answer. And follow-up questions that include a follow-up question from me. Here's Andy Dalton answering questions about John Ross earlier today at Paul Brown Stadium. Andy, with a new week, where's your, your trust and confidence level with John? You know, I've got full confidence in him. I mean, it's, there's a reason he's here. There's a reason we drafted him um, as high as we did. And um, you just got to go out there and just keep working. And uh, it's all going to come for him. And I'm not worried about that. He's got the right attitude, the right mindset, and so uh, I've got full confidence that, that he's going to uh, help us win a lot of games here. Did you guys talk it out? Have you talked about it? Yeah, we've talked about things, but um, you know, I, like I said, I feel I've got full confidence that he's going to do everything um, you know, to, to help us win games. Did whatever he said in that talk lead to you having full confidence in him moving forward? Did that response, however he responded, was that a factor? Absolutely. So I guess that was a factor. That's Andy Dalton. And I said the reaction is what matters. The response, how you respond to the criticism, how you respond to the scrutiny, how you respond to getting called out in the film room, how you respond to adversity is is really what happens in life. We all get kicked. We all get punched to the ground. You know, that happens all the time. And what happens after that, how you respond to it, how you react to it, it is the difference. That's what separates. That's what would separate John Ross. And, and so I hope that Andy wasn't just saying that, and then that was the case. Um, the other news, um, noteworthy news, A.J. Green practiced today, or, or is at least stretching currently as I'm recording this, 
in full pads, looked okay, ran uphill um, in one video that I saw. I didn't get to stay for practice. So it looks like, and it's just this little hill to get up to the practice field, but he jogged up it. Um, but it, it looks like he's going to be good to go Sunday, especially when Marvin Lewis had this to say about A.J. Green's health. A.J. will be fine. Okay. He'll be fine. So it was probably, uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of an aggravation of uh, an injury he may have had earlier in college. And, uh, you know, so, uh, but seemed to come around very quickly with the, the anti-inflammatories and so forth. So, um, you know, so uh, we're very fortunate with that, you know. So I didn't know what he, you know, had injured. He was complaining about both sides. So, uh, yeah, it was just a groin and he said the hip maybe. Yeah, and then he, his both hips and, you know, I, that he landed awkwardly on his shoulder. And, you know, I mean, just, uh, you know, sometimes football's ugly. <laughs> I imagine that's about as big of a sigh relief as you even have when uh, you get started getting positive reports about 18, though. Yeah, yeah, those are positive reports, no doubt. But, you know, 18, it's a warrior, you know, he... I don't know if he's, he missed the last time we played the Falcons, I guess, and I know he didn't go the last time we played him in the preseason in Atlanta, and he wasn't here the last time before that. So, uh, you know, I think it's his first trip back to Georgia, all of our guys maybe. Gino, I guess, uh, uh, was in 10, so. But Clint and he and Cordy, you know, I guess my Cordy may have been there in Buffalo. Marvin, how did uh, John Ross respond to Sunday well, we haven't seen a whole lot yet, but I expect John to, uh, uh, you know, free his mind. <laughs> the invoke song. <laughs> That's Marvin Lewis on A.J. Green. Good news there. That's also Marvin Lewis on John Ross. He says he expects John to free his mind, which is an invoke song. Free your mind. Um, I'll read some of the lyrics. You ready? Why, oh why, must it be this way? Before you can read me, you got to learn how to see me. Free your mind and the rest will follow. Just saying. Just saying that that's uh, Marvin Lewis. I, just, I figured I'd read the lyrics and not play the song because, let's be honest, the last thing you want to do is have me play that song on this podcast. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. It's almost time for a Locked on crossover with Aaron Freeman from Locked on Falcons. But first... I got to tell you about Vivid Seats, because if you're going to any kind of live event, Vivid Seats is the online event ticket marketplace for you. They're dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with uh, experiences that last a lifetime. If you're looking for last minute seats to the Atlanta Falcons game, why don't you try Vivid Seats? With Vivid Seats, you can watch your favorite teams like the Bengals and artists perform in person They'll help you find seats to live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and so much more. They offer great prices and an easy purchasing experience. All you got to do is go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. And with the promo code Locked On, you're going to receive $20 off your order of $200 or more if you're a first-time user. Enter promo code Locked On to receive the $20 off your order, uh, 200 bucks or more. Look, if you're going to see the Atlanta Falcons and the Bengals, it's easily going to be 200 bucks. Those tickets are pricey. Trust me, I'm going. 
Save a little bit of money and do it with Vivid Seats. Download the app today. Use promo code Locked On to save 20 bucks on orders of $200 or more. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. Again, use Vivid Seats or the Vivid Seats app and use promo code Locked On. Thanks again for tuning in today on the Locked On Bengals podcast. I talked with Aaron Freeman yesterday, and he's the head head uh, or the head coach. I was going to say the head coach. He's the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons or the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast. A really good Twitter follow at Falcfans. That's F A L C F A N S. And I enjoyed my conversation with him. This is a Locked On crossover. It's myself. It's Aaron Freeman, and we're discussing all things Falcons and Bengals. This is our conversation. So, James, <laughs> let's jump into this matchup. Let's talk about uh, the Falcons offense versus the Cincinnati Bengals defense. And this is going to be a fun matchup. We talked about this during the summer when I had you on. Yeah. And sort of this is sort of the premier matchup. Fortunately, the Falcons aren't as beat up on their offensive side of the ball as they are on the defensive side of the ball. So, this is pretty much them going to be presumably at full strength. They, there is an injury to Devontae Freeman. Uh, Andy, left guard Andy Levitri is out for the season, which is not necessarily a great thing when you have Geno Atkins coming to town. But um, <laughs> this is going to be a fun matchup, and I think this is going to be, if the Bengals can sort of slow down the Falcons' offense, uh, then this will be a, a, certainly a very winnable game for Cincinnati. The Falcons are sort of in such a mode, given all the injuries on the defensive side of the ball, that they've basically been in this mode where they're going to have to outscore all their opponents. And fortunately for them, you know, there is building confidence in Steve Sarkeesian. That was a big question mark going into the season with sort of whether or not he would rebound off their lackluster 2017, his first year with the team. Uh, but these last two games, the Falcons offense has sort of come alive and there's, you know, hope that they can find ways to sort of, you know, at home against the Bengals can sort of make it three for three and get the hat trick and, and put up another 30, possibly 40 burger <laughs> based off of last week's defensive performance. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Bengals fans are, are nervous for to to witness what that could potentially happen to this Bengals defense. They don't have Vontez perfect. They lost a, a key piece on the defensive line last week to a torn ACL and Ryan Glasgow, who's a second year player who's really coming into his own and, and started to make an impact. Preston Brown, I, I expect him to come back at linebacker. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's this is a very dangerous offense and one that the Bengals defense is, is going to fear and should fear. Um, what, one of the matchups that, that I would love to happen, we talked about it when I was on your podcast during the summer, is William Jackson just shadowing and following around Julio Jones. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think William Jackson's going to be on one side. I think Dre Kirkpatrick, who's teammates, with Julio Jones at Alabama is going to be on the other side. And going into Sunday, Drake Kirkpatrick is the second most targeted cornerback in the NFL. So if that tells me anything, an offense that has Calvin Ridley, who's fresh off of a breakout game, an offense that has Mohamed Sanu, who Bengals fans are very familiar with, and then obviously Julio Jones, who the world's familiar with, this is going to be a tough one. And whoever's uh, Drake, whoever Drake Kirkpatrick's guarding, I expect Matt Ryan in the Falcons offense, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, to go after him and attack him because that's what opposing offenses have done so far this season. So uh, I think the key for the Bengals defense, the one thing they have to do is find a way to get pressure on Matt Ryan. Uh, you know firsthand how different that Atlanta team is at home in a dome. They're very fast. They, they got speed uh, on both sides of the ball, but specifically on offense. So they got to get pressure on Matt Ryan. 
And if Devontae Freeman plays, if he doesn't, they can't get gashed in the run game. They gave up 230 yards rushing to Cam Newton and the, the Panthers last week. And even though this won't be the run pass option offense, Christian McCaffrey going for 184 yards, that, that's unacceptable. So they're going to have to clean that up. And I think they're going to have to get pressure on Matt Ryan to have any chance, uh, honestly, to have any chance to win against the Falcons. Yeah, I think you, you hit all the points. Uh, you know, the Falcons, the last couple of games, we've seen some big performances from Calvin Ridley in large part because the Falcons have been doing exactly what you talked about, which is targeting the lesser corner. They did that against Carolina with Dante Jackson. They did that this past week with the Saints where they uh, put P.J. Williams in opposite Marshawn Lattimore, and they really, you know, sort of, you know, Calvin Ridley just eight against P.J. Williams to a large extent and to a lesser extent Dante Jackson. And I think they'll do the same thing with Drake or Patrick. But, you know, mentioning at the top saying that the Falcons are going to have to get into a shootout with this in this game and put up as many points as possible, I think they will have that opportunity. But I do think, uh, unlike last week where they really struggled to run the football against the New Orleans Saints, I think they're really going to have to lean a little bit more heavily on on their running game and be a little bit more balanced. You mentioned how the Bengals struggled last week uh, to stop the Panthers running game, and I think a lot of that had probably had to do with the absence of Preston Brown. So if they get him back, I think that'll be a big boost uh, for that uh, unit there. But I do think because of the Cincinnati Bengals defensive line and their ability to get pressure with Carl Lawson and Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, the Falcons don't want to get into these obvious third and longs passing situations where the Bengals are going to be pinning their ears back and getting after them because there's just simply not the Falcons offensive line, while good, is not good enough to hold up against that type of pressure that those guys can bring. And so I think if they can run the football and get into some third and manageable situations and stay on schedule offensively and then be able to dial up the big plays down the field against a guy like Drake or Patrick, then I think this is going to be a game that really certainly plays to the Falcons' favor this week. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and that's why um, two keys. One, you got to stop the run, obviously. And then you got to make it uncomfortable on Ryan. I, I do agree with you, though. If you're the Falcons, if you're dropping Matt Ryan back 50 times in a shootout, I think the Bengals' pass rush is going to get there. Um, and, and I think they're going to get there a lot. They, they, they haven't had a huge breakout game. They got the Joe Flacco a lot a couple weeks back. But overall, it's not like they've had a seven-sack game or anything like that. I, I think that could change. And I, I know the Falcons' offensive line is at least competent. Um, but, but the, the pass rushers that the Bengals have, I think they're waiting for a breakout. You mentioned Geno Atkins at the top. I expect him to have a, a big week. I think Carlos Dunlap is, is as good as there is, uh, on the edge or one of the top 10, I'd say edge rushers in the league. And then, and then Carl Lawson, who's been a little underwhelming at times this year, uh, had eight, uh, sacks last season and he's a, a second year player who was expecting to break out. I think he'll probably get his first sack on Sunday. He's going to certainly need to, to get things going if this Bengals defense is going to hold up its end of the bargain. Uh, one thing, one key thing that I, I think that the, the Bengals defense has struggled with, and I know coaches are stressing this week, Aaron, is third down. They haven't been able to get off the field on third down. At one point, the Panthers were four of six on third down. They're the, the worst third down team uh, in the NFL going uh, into Sunday's game. So that, that's something that they're going to have to find a way to dig down against a really good Atlanta Falcons offense against those weapons and find a way to make a play. Uh, I mentioned Drake Kirkpatrick. I, I think the key for him, and he's gotten his hands on, on multiple balls this year. He hasn't brought any of them in. I think he probably has four or five drops. He's got to haul in a couple interceptions. I mean, if you're going to give up yards, that's fine. Cornerbacks do that, but you got to bring the ball in. And, and that's one thing I think I know Dre's looking for 
is his first interception of the year after really he should probably have three or four uh, at this stage of the season with with how many drops he's had I, I really think he's had five in three weeks which is unacceptable if you're you're a cornerback so he'll look to clean that up and the Bengals are going to try to get as much uh, pressure on Matt Ryan because if they don't going into Atlanta if you let that offense get going that that's dangerous. I mean, they, they could put 21 up real quick and all of a sudden this could be a, a very upsided uh, one upside uh, uphill battle uh, for this Bengals team. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, we'll come back in a bit and talk about the Bengals offense going against the Falcons defense. So, James, let's talk about, uh, you know, the flip side of this and the matchups with the Bengals offense. I'll we'll give you the floor to talk about what you think the Bengals need to do in order to uh, take care of business this week. Make sure that A.J. Green is healthy and close to 100%. That, that's the first thing. He, he got injured on, on Sunday and, and missed the second half, virtually the entire second half against the Panthers. And at first they called it a groin injury. Then they called it a, a hip. I'm not exactly sure what it was. Um, I, I also heard it was, it was just bruising. So he might just have a bruised tailbone. And, and at one point they thought it was a, a groin injury just by the way things felt. Um, you know, the, the way they were, they were testing him and, do, and doing different things on the sideline. But if they don't have A.J. Green, I don't know how they put up the points in a shootout. I get it. You know, the Falcons secondary is banged up and they're missing a couple starting safeties. But outside of Green, Joe Mixon's not going to play this week. I'll break the news now. I just I, I've talked to too many people down there that say that that's not going to happen. Uh, they're they just don't have the weapons. They don't have the firepower. Tyler Boyd isn't scaring the Falcons secondary, even though he's had a good couple of games here and a really good start to the 2018 season, he's a compliment. He, he's the second guy. He's Andy Dalton's safety net on third down, but but he's not going to be a game breaker. He's not going to be the, the game changer for this offense without A.J. Green on the field. John Ross, it's been the week of whether or not John Ross is going to have an impact at all this year. I mean, he stopped on a couple routes uh, last week, and one led to an Andy Dalton interception, another one. Uh, a lot of people wonder if John Ross should have went up for it and, and competed harder for it. Uh, but he was responsible, at least the way the coaches view it, for, for two interceptions. So I don't know if Andy Dalton trusts him much right now. So if you, you don't trust Ross much, uh, you can't just leave Tyler Boyd out there with, with a bunch of weapons that Andy doesn't have. So I, I think the key to this game is, one, having A.J. Green healthy, two, establishing the run game and sticking with it. Giovanni Bernard's going to be the starting running back. Mark Walton's probably going to back him up. And, and Thomas Rawls will be the third guy. At least that's how I uh, think things are going to shake out. But uh, Giovanni Bernard averaged five yards a carry last week. And the one thing you can do to help your defense against a high-powered offense on the road in that dome so tough is the, to run the football. So I, I think that's key number one for this Bengals offense, even if A.J. Green does play. Run the football with Giovanni Bernard. Find a way to get him in space control the clock, win time of possession, and then you got to limit turnovers. Last week, the, the Bengals turned the ball over four times. One was at the end of, a game, uh, end of the game when it was already decided on a Hail Mary to the end zone. But still, four turnovers, not going to cut it. They came in to, they entered week three, plus three in the turnover differential department. It was second in the NFL, minus four last week, puts them in the negative. So the Bengals have to get that corrected because if you turn the ball over on the road in the NFL, you're going to lose. So, so I think the, in short, in summing it up, A.J. Green's got to be healthy. They're going to have to run the ball. And then whether it's a, a Tyler Boyd or someone else, they're going to have to have someone else make a play 
outside of green. If that stuff doesn't happen, it's tough for me to see the Bengals getting the 30 points, which I think is probably the minimum to go to Atlanta and win right now with the way that offense is playing. Yeah, I, th- I think that's basically what the Falcons are hoping. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't have as much, you know, confidence that the Falcons have enough of their horses on the back end uh, at that linebacker position, at that safety position, to really slow down the Bengals' offense, particularly how vulnerable they've been these last couple of weeks over the middle of the field. And that's where Tyler Boyd, you know, works. That's where Tyler Eifert works. That's where Gio Bernard works. You know, running backs have basically killed them the last two weeks with Kamara and McCaffrey. You know, I don't necessarily think Bernard is quite to that level as a receiver, but he's a very good receiver and certainly probably will see a big boost to his production this week, given how much zone the Falcons play. Um, But I think, you know, you're right with AJ Green, if he's healthy in this game, he's going to create some problems for the Falcons, uh, particularly when he lines up in the slot right now. I think he's like top three in terms of yards per route run based off of the pro football focus data when he's in the slot. Um, and, and Boyd has been, you know, killing it uh, with his production in the slot. So the Falcons are coming off a couple of games where Brian Poole, their slot corner, hasn't been quite playing up to par. And so that may be a matchup that I think the Bengals might try to exploit. And I think, you know, similar to the Bengals defense, I think the Falcons best way of controlling that is by getting pressure on Andy Dalton. You mentioned the turnovers. I felt like some of those interceptions were not necessarily Dalton's fault, but, you know, the pocket was a little muddy and, you know, the ball, the pass was a little bit off target and and maybe the receiver didn't necessarily make the great play on the ball. But I think one of the things I've noticed about Dalton over the years is I think, you know, if you can get pressure on him, he his you know, effectiveness as a quarterback goes down, which is generally the case in the league. So I'm not necessarily saying something that's particularly profound by saying that, but I think it it tends to affect him a little bit more than say your, you know, typical top tier quarterback and whatnot. So I think that's going to be a big question for this Falcons defense because they did not get any pressure at all on Drew Brees last week. And a lot of that may have done due to with the absence of Tack McKinley, who's, you know, questionable this week with a groin injury. And if they get him back, I think that will be a big boost for this Falcons pass rush because right now it's basically their pass rush has consisted primarily of just him and Grady Jarrett and Grady Jarrett, a big reason why they struggled so much against New Orleans is Grady Jarrett was played his worst game of the season this past week. And I think he's going to have opportunities going up against a uh, relatively softer Bengals interior with Trey Hopkins and Alex Redmond uh, in that interior. Uh, I think Hopkins, you know, I think the Bengals interior offensive line held their own against a, a formidable Panthers interior this past week, on, relatively speaking. Um, but I also think the Falcons are going to need to get a big gay day from Vic Beasley, who's been relatively quiet basically ever since he had that monster year in 2016. has just basically been an afterthought. And he's going to get a matchup against Bobby Hart, who you know, was the backup to Eric Flowers in New York. So that sort of tells you (laughs) that, you know, what his skill level is. And I think if Beasley can't dominate Bobby Hart in this game, then, you know, you know, it's kind of the nail in the coffin for sort of Vic Beasley ever regaining that 2016 form in my eye. So I think even if Tack is out, the Falcons are going to need big games from Beasley, big games from Jared. I think they'll have some opportunities to do so. And they, they really need to see this defensive line sort of assert their will and, and stop the run and get after Andy Dalton to just give this back seven some relief and take some pressure off of how much youth and inexperience they have at linebacker and at safety. Yeah, I, I think you make a really good point when it comes to that pass rush. I mean, if, if they get after Andy, 
especially early. Um, let, let's say, and this is a worst case scenario, and Bengals fans right now are cringing or will cringe when I say this, but let's say they get down seven nothing or fourteen nothing, and AJ Green isn't playing. Well, now the crowd's loud. Now the pass rush is, is likely getting to you. And you might have some communication issues with some of your wide receivers. I mean, it, it will be a, a tough ask. So, so I think one of the, the key things I, I mentioned running the ball, it's that offensive line early establishing, yeah, it's Bobby Hart, but he's different than he was in New York. And he's been okay, I'd say, so far this year. I think the offensive line overall has been okay. It's still a concern. Um, it certainly still has its flaws, uh, its flaws just in general. Uh, but they've been better, I think, um, certainly better than they were uh, a year ago and, and two years ago. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's always a concern when you, you have Bobby Hart as a starter on your team. So, yeah, if I'm the Falcons, I would attack him and, and really try to test him and, and see what happens there. Uh, Cordy Glenn struggled at, at times last week as well, which was a little surprising on that left side. So he'll look to rebound. Um, but, but yeah, it's something that, that Bengals fans are all too often uh, talking about and discussing and are used to hearing now. It's the Bengals offensive line. Can it hold up? And yeah, that, that's a, that's another concern. But to me, it, the, the key for that offensive line, and it can do itself a favor by early on in the first quarter, opening up some run game, opening up some holes in the run game. If it can do that, then the Bengals will likely not be down 14 nothing. They'll be able to keep their uh, the, the Falcons' offense off the field and kind of dictate the tempo a bit. That's something they did against the Ravens very well when they jumped up 21 nothing uh, a couple weeks ago on Thursday night and 28-7. to They were controlling the tempo. They were the aggressor. They were controlling the pace. And I think that's something the Falcons certainly want to do, especially in their building. So so the key to, to take that away, I think, we talked about how getting to Matt Ryan would be the key and that, that defensive line for the Bengals finally unleashing. I think on offense, it might be run, 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 and run some more, even if A.J. Green does play, because he probably won't be 100%. And then after you establish the run, then try to exploit the, the Falcon secondary, try to go after those safeties that obviously uh, weren't starters to start the season. So, so I think that probably will be the game plan. And you mentioned it, Giovanni Bernard in the past game, all for it. I'm all about it. I think Mark Walton, the rookie, can also help in the past game. He's quick and shifty. And I still think that there's got to be some way, some use for John Ross. They got to find a way to get him going. It's a dome. He should be faster there. <laughs> you know, it just seems mm-hmm. like players play faster in a dome. Find a way to get him going against that secondary that's given up a lot of points, right? So, so find a way to, to even if it's a couple plays, um, he brings a, a unique skill set. He certainly flashed it in the preseason against Buffalo week three. And uh, they need to find a way to get him going. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think you mentioned, you know, Joe Mixon, if they had Joe Mixon healthy this game, I think you would feel a lot more confident going into this game that the the Bengals could basically play that type of game and sort of dictate the pace of this game. And I think that's a big loss. But Gio Bernard has always been a very good player when he's gotten opportunities to play. So I think that would be something, you know, that he can sort of establish this week. And you're right, with John Ross – uh, he has been quiet this year, but the Falcons don't quite have the speed on defense that they once did when they had a healthy Deion Jones, when they had a healthy Keanu Neal. And so one of the interesting wrinkles I'll be curious to see if the Bengals try is not necessarily just, you know, throw that deep post to John Ross and see if he can get behind the defense and, and take the top off. But, you know, maybe use some 
use him on some end arounds and some screens and whatnot and see if they can sort of get his speed uh, in space and, and sort of test uh, you know, some of the limitations of, of the Falcons in the middle of the field and whatnot. So, uh, they have, I think they have some versatile weapons. I think, you know, they, they have an opportunity to really attack certain areas of this Falcons defense that are vulnerable, particularly in the middle of the field. Um, and you're right. If, if AJ Green is healthy and playing well, then it, that becomes significantly easier to do because you can sort of, you know, run things through him and then sort of let the other trickle out to the other players like Eifert, like Boyd, like Ross, et cetera. Um, so it'll be an interesting sort of chess match to see how the, the Bengals handle it. But I think you're right in terms of how the Falcons want to play it. They want to get up big and, and basically force the Bengals to play a certain style of football that they may not be a hundred percent comfortable playing. I, I, I totally agree there. Let, let me ask you one question. Who's, uh, who's playing safety right now for the Falcons? Who's in there and, and how have they fared? What give us a, a scouting report on who's in at safety now? Well, with Ricardo Allen out and Keanu Neal out, those you know, replacing Ricardo Allen free safety is Demonte Casey, who had a very impressive preseason. Um, he's you know ball hawking guy. He's fast. Uh, he'll fly around. He'll hit people uh, as he as you saw if he when he delivered that uh, questionable hit on Cam Newton a couple of weeks ago uh, that he got fined yeah. for. Um, but he, you know, he's probably the strength of this group just because of, we've seen him play at a relatively high level, but he's mostly untested as a starter. He's been mostly effective, more coming off the bench in, in situational use and sort of seeing him for an extended period of time still is a question mark for him, uh, given where he is and this will be his second start. Um, but I think, you know, at strong safety is, is really where the question mark is. And right now the Falcons are slated to have Jordan Richards, who they traded for at the start of the year to really help out on special teams, but due to the injuries has been thrust into a starting role at this point. And, you know, Richards is a, basically a career backup that's a special teamer. And, you know, I, he's been getting a lot of grief from Falcon fans and whatnot uh, due to his struggles because he's an obvious weakness uh, on that defense. Uh, I think his play has been reasonable given sort of what, relatively low expectations i guess he like he's the inverse of bobby hart where it's like he's been fine when you consider when you factor in that he's bobby hart i I think jordan richards (laughs) has been basically the same sort of way he's fine when you factor in that he's not going to play at a starting caliber level and i think that's going to be an interesting thing to sort of see if if the Bengals can get guys like eifert split out wide and and whether or not the falcons are going to trust a guy like richards to go out there and cover him or are they going to put a guy like Devondre Campbell, who's good at covering tight ends out there, but then that creates, a, you know, maybe a potential vulnerability uh, up the middle of the defense just because their linebacker play with Duke Riley and Foye Olakun, you know, Campbell's their best linebacker at this point with Jones out. So there are some vulnerabilities that the Bengals can sort of move pieces around and, and maybe potentially exploit and attack the Falcons, particularly in that middle of the defense. It'll be interesting to see how they do it. I, I will say I've been impressed with Bill Lazor, the, the Bengals offensive coordinator in his new playbook. And they're going to have to figure out something, especially if A.J. Green isn't playing. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about some of these big matchups and, and sort of maybe one key matchup to focus on about where you think the this game, you know, not to say this matchup will decide the game, but, you know, this matchup may, you know, be, I guess, indicative of maybe the outcome of this game. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's plenty of matchups that, that I think um, are, are huge. I think that the biggest one and the thing I worry about the most is that Bengals secondary 
against that, those Falcons wide receivers uh, because they're going to be home. They're going to be comfortable. They're obviously confident after what happened last week. I think Mohamed Sanu, anytime you play a former team, you're going to want to put on a show. Obviously, Julio Jones can put on a show against anyone in the world. And Calvin Ridley's confidence is probably sky high right now. So I think that those Bengals corners um, in the secondary, Jesse Bates, the rookie who's played well so far uh, in the rookie season, and uh, Sean Williams, the other safety, I think that's the key. Um, I think the Bengals will be better at the run. I, I think that they'll probably have gotten crushed all week for not being able to defend the run the way they had hoped to against the Panthers. But are they going to be able to, on third and eight, get off the field? On third and six, Matt Ryan drops back. Will the the cornerbacks be able to stick with Calvin Ridley? Will Drake Kirkpatrick be able to haul in an interception or make a play? I think that's probably going to be the key in this game. Um, And if they're able to do that and maybe hold the Falcons to, let's say, 27 points, you know, instead of 30, which is still 27 is a lot of points. I'm I'm setting uh, a pretty high bar, but but then I think that gives them a chance. But if they can't, if they can't get off the field on third down, I think a big part of it will be, uh, the secondary just not being able to hold its own uh, against a really, really talented receiver core for the Falcons. And then, obviously, also Austin Hooper uh, is a guy that, that could certainly make plays as well in the passing game, and, and usually a linebacker's on him. So uh, I, w- I would say that the coverage of the Bengals is key in primarily that secondary against the Falcons. We'll get back to my conversation with Aaron Freeman of Locked on Falcons in just a second. But first... I got to tell you about my bookie because remember, always remember this, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I tell my people, I tell you, the listeners of Locked on Bengals to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. Lay down some cash, win big today. It's a service I use. That's why I recommend it. That's why I back it. That's what I do here on Locked on Bengals. I try the products out. Before we endorse them, and I'm endorsing and I'm urging you to make your way to my book. You win, they pay. They have in-game betting, they have live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And I love fantasy football. You can bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player is going to score in each game. As for the Bengals this weekend, I saw the line started at Falcons minus six. Now it's down to minus five. So the Falcons favored last I saw by five points against the Bengals interesting there what I would probably do especially since AJ Green's healthy if I was betting is find another line I like and tease that line from Falcons minus five to Falcons minus 11 and then you have more leeway there uh, if you're throwing money on the Bengals join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar with promo code locked on 25 use promo code locked on 25 to activate the offer you visit my bookie online today it's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use promo code locked on 25 when creating your account to claim the bonus you play you win you get paid with my bookie yeah i, I think you know for me it, it, it is sort of the falcons defensive line going up against this Bengals offensive line i i know that a lot of this game the outcome of this game will rest on the Falcons offense doing their thing as you mentioned um and and making this you know making this into a a shootout a lopsided sort of shootout but I I do think if the Falcons defense can sort of regain a little bit of confidence after uh you know some lackluster performances the last couple of weeks particularly last week uh if they can sort of you know, control the line of scrimmage going up against a Bengals offensive line that you're right is better than it has been because it, 
has been an absolute dumpster fire at times in the last couple of years. And it doesn't look quite that bad, but certainly is still what I think most people would consider to be a weakness of this team and something that if you're a, a competent to good uh, defensive line, you should be able to take advantage of and exploit. And I think that's really where the Falcons want that their defensive line to be on that level because they're going to need it in upcoming games against teams like Pittsburgh and teams like Tampa Bay that, you know, seem to be, you know, offenses that have better offensive line play and have been putting up a lot of points as of late. And so if this Falcon team is going to slow down those types of offense, this game right here against Cincinnati is a confidence booster. So I'm definitely going to be keyed on Vic Beasley versus Bobby Hart. I'm going to be keyed on Grady Jarrett versus Hopkins and Redmond. And, and if Tack does play, I do expect him to, you know, make have some opportunities to to show up Cordy Glenn and whatnot. So I think this is a, a critical game for this defensive line to at least regain some confidence uh, going into some, you know, potentially tougher matchups upcoming. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Aaron. I was just going to ask you, do, do you, all that being said, do you have a final prediction before we duck out of here? Yeah, I, I, I'm going with the Falcons. I, I think you're talking about a Bengals offense that, that will be without Joe Mixon, will be with an A.J. Green who's less than 100%, uh, a very tough place to play in Atlanta, uh, an Atlanta team uh, that, that certainly needs a win. They want to defend their, their home turf, obviously, and they're just much better at home. And I know most teams are, but I just think that that's a, one of the better home field advantages in the NFL. I think Matt Ryan plays different there. And I just I think when the game's on the line, that Falcons offense is going to be able to make a play. I think it'll be somewhere in the realm of, of 30 to 24 where, where it's close ish, but it's never really totally in doubt. Um, and, and maybe, maybe it's, you know, 30 to 20 or something in that range. But I, I just think it's, it's going to be close ish for, for half the game or three quarters of the game, but it's never going to really fill in doubt for the home team. And Atlanta finds a way uh, to get the win and the Bengals drop to two and two. Yeah, I think I think I want to see this, you know, I would like to see this final score be something like 40 to, you know, 20 something or whatever with the Falcons <laughs> in favor. Just, you know, just to say, like, we, we went out there and we played the game that we needed to play. Uh, but I do think, you know, while I expect the Falcons to win this game, I, I don't necessarily feel like it's going to be this monster, monster shootout at this time. Um, I just think there's still some skepticism with me with Sarkeesian, whether or not he can sp- uh, string together three games in a row of, of good play calling and whatnot. So I'm not as sort of as confident that the, the offense is going to put up another 30 burger, another 40 burger this week, but I do expect them to win. I'm going to go with the Falcons in a win, something like 27 to 24. I think it will be close as Falcon games always seem to be. Um, but uh, I think the Falcons will find a way to overcome in the end. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's just that their home field advantage is, is too good, especially for a team. If, if they had, and that's the thing. If the Bengals had Joe Mixon and they had Vontez Perfect and, and A.J. Green was 100%, maybe you could convince me. But nothing I've seen from the Bengals, especially last week, is enough to convince me that they're going to be able to overcome all of that and pull off this this win in Atlanta, which is tough any time. So uh, I think that uh, the Bengals dropped the two and two. I'm with you. All right. Well, the Falcons, hopefully, from my perspective, will move the two and two. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, my hope is that we'll be two even teams, I guess. Uh, yeah, here's my hope that, that at the end of the year, we both end up in Atlanta. How about that? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for that. 
There you go. <laughs> Sounds good. We, we could do a Locked On crossover Super Bowl edition. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be fun. That would be fun. Good stuff there from Aaron Freeman, Locked On Falcons. You can follow him on Twitter, at FalcFans. Again, we are loaded. It's a loaded show. And by the way, if you couldn't tell, when I was recording that, I was in a parking lot. And I was on my phone. And uh, we were recording it via Skype. And my car wouldn't start. Literally had to go. It was, it was This was last night. Had to get it jumped. I, I jumped it. Found someone to to jump it. And then after I jumped my car, had to drive. I, f- I finished the interview. Jumped my car in the pouring rain. If, and if you're in Cincinnati last night around 830, you knew it was raining. And drove it down to, and shout out here, and no, this isn't an endorsement at all, but uh, AutoZone in Silverton. A gentleman by the name of Ron hooked it up at like 9 at night, swapped out batteries for me. I was good to go. I was able to do all the Bengal stuff and all the work-related stuff I needed to do today. And a lot of it has to do, I owe Ron at the AutoZone in Silverton on Montgomery Road. So shout out to him and shout out to things working out well. Because I, literally my car wouldn't start twice, like two or three times during that um during that interview or during that that conversation with Aaron, and I was like, uh-oh, what am I going to do? And then by the time I got off the call, I, I looked up, because my car was still had power, but it was the battery. That's the crazy part. It was really weird. But uh, I survived. I hope you survived this podcast and enjoyed it. Back at it tomorrow with Dave Lapham. Back at it tomorrow with Jordan Willis. Back at it tomorrow with a conversation with new Bengals Defensive tackle Adolphus Washington. He's a local product. We are loaded, man. I'm excited. Going to the Falcons. uh, Going to Atlanta to see the Falcons take on the Bengals this Sunday. If you're going, let me know. We can meet up, say hi, something like that. Flying down the day of, flying down right after the game. Or flying back right after the game. So we'll have a Locked on Bengals podcast Sunday as well. Tomorrow, Dave Lapham joins us. I can't wait for that. Have a great night. Again, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and every podcast posted at LockedOnBengals.com. Give me a follow on Twitter at James Erpine and at LockedOnBengals. And until tomorrow, I'm James Erpine. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. <laughs>